All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Movie Talks and Chill. We are your hosts. I'm Tony Serrato. I am Gavin Butts. I am Patrick Wall. And before we get into what we're going to be talking about in this episode, I'm going to turn this over to Mr. Patrick. Just a quick little housekeeping from our rom-com episode. Um, it was pointed out to me by one of our fans, a.k.a. my sister, who had to text me immediately when she was done listening, that it was not Howie Long in Failure to Launch. It was Terry Bradshaw. Um, she made it adamant, and then I had to correct it. Yes, Terry Bradshaw, the player that everyone hated while he was playing because he was a jerk, but now he's an announcer and everyone loves him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a couple of Super Bowl rings uh, yep. to him, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Well, then he wasn't that bad. <laughs> oh, no, he wasn't bad. He was just a jerk on the field. Yeah, I, <laughs> I figured that's what you meant. <laughs> All right, well, appreciate it, man. And for those fans out there, if you ever have a correction, we always welcome the challenge to see if we were actually Tony says that, but all the fans have my personal cell phone number, so they're calling and texting me. They're not bothering them. They're bothering me. And that would be sorry for the two phone calls you get. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's fair. (laughs) And they also mix them in with the general family stuff. Hey, you know, you're coming over for dinner tomorrow. And by the way, you're wrong on on your podcast, stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) All right. So for this episode, uh, this week, we are going to be talking movies that spark emotions. Yes. It could be any emotion, really, whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so we were going to do Valentine's Day, but we figured there are a lot of movies that don't pertain to Valentine's Day, but that do make us, you know, feel like The Fault in Our Stars. Like, just thinking about <sighs> that movie makes me want to tear up a little bit. Did, uh, tissues come with this episode? Yeah. No. <laughs> you bring your own. You bring, you bring your own you, tissues. We ain't got I... that kind of money as we provide. <laughs> yeah. start, if you start crying, I'll pull out the cat and she'll just lick up your tears. <laughs> That's how she lives, off of human tears. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Isn't that how... Isn't that how all cats live? Yeah. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. Your, your anguish sustains me. Yeah. Your sadness fuels me. <laughs> Let me sit here and look sad so you cry more. Yeah. Fuels Wah. my hate fire. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you started talking about, like, kind of heartfelt. Yeah. That's where you're kind of going with it. What, what comes to mind there, sir? Um, like I said, the, the Fault in Our Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, Fifty First States, actually, the ending always gets me a little bit. Okay. Especially yeah. when he's like, he's sailing the boat and he's playing the Beach Boys and he's crying and he's like, oh my God, she remembers me. And she does so somewhat remember him because she just does nothing but paint. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, she does remember him. They, love knows no memory bounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then like it cuts forward like two, three years where they're on the boat and she wakes up. She's like, what? What? Are you my daughter? What's going on here? I was like, oh my god, they have a family. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, um, no, I was just going to say, um, that's those are like, the and Field of Dreams, of course, always makes me tear oh, up wow, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm on this show that I've talked about the guy, the movies that make me tear up, like Armageddon, Field of Dreams. Um, but I don't think you two have ever mentioned, really, what your guy cry movies are. Because we don't cry, man. Yeah. Cry man cries on the inside. Real man don't cry. We we get stuff in our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our <laughs> eyes sweat. Both of them at the same time. <laughs> we angry, punch stuff, and let our lips quiver until we run out and yeah. say, I don't want anybody to see me like this. <laughs> uh, uh, geez, you want to go first on this one, or do you want me to take it? <laughs> well, I will tell you, what, uh, one of them is... Um, is Hugh Jackman and um, okay? Well, that's an actor. Uh, or excuse, or excuse me, a Hugh Jackman movie is uh, Real Steel. Okay, and so it's yeah. at the end. The the one based off of the fighting robot toy mm-hmm. when we were kids. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But so at the end, so the the uh, the robot, the one in the championship round, mm. has a uh, shadow feature, and the, yeah. and Hugh Jackman starts boxing. <clears throat> right, and so you know the the. Pro- premise of the story is he has this kid that he's never really connected with and his mom has died hmm. so he's getting um handing over custody to i think it's uh, her sister and um and and her husband who's pretty wealthy so he's like all right well they'll definitely be able to take care of him i can't because hmm. he's like out of work you know boxer. <laughs> he was a former boxer mm-hmm. or something like that right so he does the box of robots and that's what he tries to make money off of mm-hmm. So anyway, at the very end of it, he's over there, and the the robot uh, can't do the controls anymore, so he has to fight the fight. And at the very end, he kind of does like the the rope a dope um, from 
from Ali is like he lets the other robot get tired out and then he's sitting there just going to town on him. And then there's just the scene of his son just watching him and then his girlfriend in the crowd. Everybody else is watching what's going on, but she's watching the son and the son is just watching him and his element just being so proud. He starts tearing up and that makes me tear. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. That would be a good tear jerk. Yeah. And I have seen that movie. I think that is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. No, I mean, at first when I saw the commercials for it, I was like, yeah. I don't know if this is going to be another... dumbass pre- um, premise. Yeah. Rock'em, sock'em, come on. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's what it reminded me of. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'll give it a try. It is Wolverine in there, so... Mm-hmm. And it wasn't bad, though. Yeah. I, I did like... The it. last fight where he's fighting, like, the... Zeus. The, yeah. <clears throat> I was like, all right, that was actually a really cool scene. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about heartfelt feelings or tearjerker tugs... Um, for me, I would go with uh, Frequency, and I can't remember. That is a movie. I, I know you probably. I know we've talked about it before. Or at least I've mentioned it, and it's got uh, Dennis Quaid in there, and he's a firefighter, yeah. and his son. Basically, the movie kind of goes back and forth. So basically, he's a firefighter gets killed in, during a fire, and it basically the movie fast forwards to his son has grown up and he's a cop now, <clears throat> and the mom's you know he still sees his mom, but he took over the house that they he grew up in and mom has a little apartment. So anyway, there, there's an Aurora Borealis going on and he finds his dad's old, uh, radio ham radio or CB radio, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And somehow the Aurora Borealis allows him to talk to his father in the past. And they, they're on there at the same time. And at first they, they're just talking and they don't know who they're talking to. And they start saying certain things that, they each realize they're talking about like his house or whatever. And at first it freaks the, the father out, Dennis Quaid out. He thinks that, you know, somebody's watching him and his family. And so he basically is telling him, you know, you died in that fire. You just, if you would have gone the other way and trusted your instinct, you know, you would have survived. And so anyway, in his gut feeling, he decides to do it because it plays past and present mm-hmm. and he ends up living. And so he's like talking to him and this is, so they start getting to know each other. But he's still dead because then his memories, his he starts getting two memories. He starts getting the original. He has the original ones, and then he gets the ones that are changed. But nobody else has both. Everybody else is oblivious to the change. Ooh. And he ends up later on, instead of dying in the fire, like X amount of years later, dying from cancer because he smoked. And so he's basically talking through it and blah blah blah. But whatever they did, there was a murder, a chain of murders going on yeah, in the past a, called a, the Nightingale because mm-hmm. he killed nurses the murderer and his mother was a nurse and so there was something about her not being at the hospital that night because she went to go take care of the husband dying but then he survived so she was at the hospital and ended up keeping that guy saving that guy's life who was the murderer and so he ended up killing her so now the mother's gone so they keep changing stuff and he's got they've got to figure out a way because the murderer's now still alive in the present and he's got to try to figure out who this guy is and figure out a way to change it back to where his mother doesn't get killed. So he's telling all the <laughs> stories to his dad. He's like, we got to figure out. He, I know where he's going to be because they have all the past cases. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't know what he's going to do, but I know where he's going to be. And he runs into the and the father, Dennis Quaid, follows him around. He's a firefighter, but he's like not an investigator. And But they end up thinking he's the Nightingale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's showing up at all the places where he's the girls are getting either murdered. Like one, he fucks up and and doesn't get there in time. The girl dies, and he left something there. I don't know if it was his wallet or whatever. I think his wallet. Oh no, it was his wallet because he went to the girl's house and the guy followed him there Mm -hmm. and like knocked him out or something happened. But anyway, basically, the guy got his wallet at some point and left it to frame him. That the murderer got Dennis Quaid's wallet and left it at the murder scene to frame Mm -hmm. him. And so he's like, wait, he's like, he touched your wallet. He's like, put it somewhere where nobody's going to find it for like 20 years. And so he hides it in a thing in the desk and he pulls it out in the present so he can get the prints of the guy who it is. And so needless to say, anyway, the movie goes on and on and they're fix- fixing thing. And like the dad's trying to hunt down the guy and fight him in the past. while now the son is being faced fighting this guy because he finds out who he is. And so he's trying to kill them both. So the so the murderer is now trying to kill the father in the past at the same time of trying to kill the son in the present. And he does something. I can't remember what it was, but he ends up shooting him in the hand. He's about to kill the son, mm-hmm. the murderer in the present. Mm-hmm. And in the past, he's broken into the house and he's got this kid holding the kid hostage. And the mom comes out and knocks the guy, knocks the kid out of the, his hand and Dennis Quaid's, the father shoots, shoots his, his hand. hand. And so in the present, you see his hand start dissolving. 
And then he gets all of a sudden gets shot again, and it turns around. The sun turns around, and it's Dennis Quaid standing there. And there's a scene you see the, the dad, house change yeah. and everything. And then uh-huh. he goes up to him and he goes to hug him, and he's like, "I'm still here, Chief," because he called him Little Chief throughout the movie. Yep. And he's like, "I'm still here, Chief," and he hugs him, and it's just like, <clears throat> "That's a fucking tear jerking moment right there." But throughout the movie, it's all the conversations that him and the dad are having together because he's learning about him. And he told <clears throat> someone in there because uh, one of his buddies ended up. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, it's Frank get, Gordo. You're uh, talking about yeah, the Yahoo yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. The Yahoo. <laughs> he told him to end up, you know, to don't sell his, don't sell your start, uh, shares of this stock. Well, no, he didn't get down. into it. He was going to buy it. Right. And he didn't. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Because right. at the beginning of the movie, his friend Gordo, uh, he's like, man, if I only would have gotten in on that Yahoo, because this movie was back in the late 90s, think, yeah. maybe 99. Early 2000. Early 2000? Yeah. Like 2000 uh, on the nose. Yeah, so he's like, I should have gotten in on Yahoo. So there's a scene where he's talking to his dad in the past and the son's there, and he ends up talking to himself for a minute and as a little kid. And he's like, his friend Gordo's there. And he's like, hey, I want to talk too. And he's like, Gordo, this is Santa Claus. He's like, I'm going to give you the greatest gift in the world. Remember one word, Yahoo. And then after the movie ends and they're in the, the end, they're all playing scene, baseball yeah. together, the, the parents <laughs> and the kids. One of the baseballs hits a car, a Mercedes, and on the front license plate it says, says Yahoo. He's getting up buying it. Uh, but yeah, it's just mainly that all the conversations he has with his dad while they're trying to change things because mm-hmm. the, they're learning about each other. He's you know telling about his life and you know about the great love of meeting his you know his mom and stuff and all that good stuff. It is a very good movie though. I um I was listening to you describe that movie, but I'm also trying to track down where I could watch it. Google says HBO Max, but it's no longer there, okay. and I can rent it on Amazon Prime, but I really don't want to pay money. Um, I'm, I'm checking the Plex server now. Actually, I can tell you where you can rent it. You can borrow it from me. I have the oh. I have the Blu-ray, okay. so you can just borrow it from me. Block Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your membership card? <laughs> Twenty-four hours, or it's double price. <laughs> Tony Buster. Be I like Rewind. Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to rewind? Yeah, yeah. You're scratching it all up, man. You're just spinning it around. You stood there in broad daylight and you scratched it. You scratched it. It's a scratch. Now, I'd say that that was definitely one of them. Um, I, I, uh, there's another one that not a lot of people remember or know. It's called My Life with Michael Keaton. Never heard of it. And he's basically, he's dying of cancer and his wife is pregnant and they're trying to figure out ways to sustain him. You know, to he's going through all the therapies and stuff and um, it's not working, and basically he's gonna die. So the whole movie is him making all these videos to teach his unborn son because it's gonna be a boy life lessons. So he teaches. He's like got a video camera. He's teaching him how to shave mm-hmm. and stuff about like how to treat people. You know how to you know go for a job interview. You know always go in with your your hand. Go in with a strong firm handshake. So the whole movie is just him making these videos because he's not gonna be there for his kid to be alive. So he wants to teach him all the life lessons. It's that an he episode be of Thirty for. Rock. <laughs> But it's good. It's 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 another tearjerker movie. That is basically <clears throat> also P.S. I love you. Is it? <clears throat> so the, I haven't seen it. So the well, spoiler alert, Patrick. <laughs> Gerard Butler dies. Well, he, he has cancer, time. and so what he does is basically sets up a series of events and cards and notes and all this stuff for his wife <laughs> for when he leaves, and it is the. Um, blueprint for you know overachiever of the year for men. <laughs> Damn movie! <laughs> You've been it's, engaged it's a, ten minutes. It's a te- <laughs> it's it's a tearjerker that also makes me angry. Because, Who was the female uh, lead in that? What was her name? Um, I may have seen this. She was Hillary Swank. Is that the one where he he tells her like do all these different things yep. like you know he, go to Ireland or something because yep. they had to he was Irish or he something puts her on you gotta vacation. go to Ireland and do this he, and he basically sets up this entire scenario for her. Kathy Bates is in that too, isn't she's, she? She's, I have um, seen that movie. Yes. She's her mom. Yes, yes, I have and seen she, that. Uh, she never liked him, but she's the one that he entrusted with the vision, and so she's the one and the one that carried out. You know, she never knew who was delivering everything, mm. but I mean. When it starts out, she's just completely <clears throat> devastated that he's gone. So there's a scene of her sitting in the uh, in her living room and just calling his cell phone and hearing his voice message every, and leaving him messages. All right, I'm getting teary just listening to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm. De- I'm fine. I'm not. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <It's> like, um, <laughs> emotional as hell. 
It's a cool concept, though. Yeah. It's like he yeah. basically he wants her to live the fullest life she can. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of in a way he's part of it mm-hmm. in That's, that way. Wow. Yeah. I, I it, <laughs> legitimately, I'm wiping part of a tear. I don't know if I just didn't blink because I was so enthralled with Gavin's description or if that was truly very sad. But <laughs> yeah. well, I'll tell you another one if we want to talk about not, not just sadness, but a movie that I think we've talked about this before and I know your mother's probably going to comment on this one to you, so get your phone ready. <laughs> um, the Martian. That yeah. one hit oh, almost yeah. every single emotion. Yeah, it did. I mean, it's it's got sad moments. It's got funny, funny moments. Yeah. It's like real serious. It keeps you on edge at certain times. Big I mean, anger. <clears throat> yeah, everything. I mean, it's it's got a little bit of everything. So I know we've I've been mm-hmm. and talked in depth about The Martian before, so I'm not going to do that again. But <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up. There is a movie that makes me feel great joy and then immediately great sadness. And I think we've all seen it. My Girl. Oh, okay. Yep. The end when Macaulay Culkin gets stung by that one bastard bee. Yeah. The only time I've ever hated a honeybee. <laughs> <laughs> they look so sweet on the, on the Honey Nut Cheerios Thank box. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they lower cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bee racist, and I don't hate all bees, but I hate that one. That one, <laughs> that one son of a guy. Yeah, I'm not a beeist. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> it came out in 1991, and I think bees live for two years, maybe or two months. I don't know how long they until they live sting for. you. Yeah, don't they die after they sting you? Yeah, most of them do. Yeah, hornets stay alive. Yeah. Fuckers. Yeah. We can get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they serve no purpose. <laughs> they just eat everything. Yeah, <laughs> and sting my hand when I'm walking down the rail at work into the parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> Again, son of a. We talked about this, Gary. Every Wednesday. Yeah. Every Wednesday. I was going downstairs for a cigarette. I was like, did you think I just got stung by a bee? And like one of the other people down there like rips open a cigarette and just like rubs tobacco. I'm like, what the fuck? This is a southern thing. This is what you do. I'm like, no, it actually worked. <laughs> I think another one that, if you want to talk about one emotion to the next, it makes you sad for a moment and then it really pisses you off is the ending of Seven. Oh. When Brad Pitt oh, yeah. finds what's Gwyneth. in the box, yeah, he's all sad, and oh, you see yeah. her head. But then you're like, so you're sad for him, but then you're really mad at Kevin Spacey because he killed his fucking wife. You yeah, know? <laughs> it's like. Um, speaking of anger, if I told you guys there was a movie about moon pirates, violent space monkeys, and traveling to Saturn, that would seem like a great movie, wouldn't it? It sure. sounds fun. It's awful. It's called Ad Astra, and oh. that is visual Nyquil. <laughs> that, is, that angered me so much. Like I wanted to like this movie. Like that premise, you can't go wrong. Moon pirates and murderous space monkeys. That sounds amazing, but that movie sucked hard, <laughs> so hard. It almost sounded like like remind you of like one of those cheesy commercials. Wouldn't you think you'd like this? Yeah, well, yeah. you would be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> or the family guy, York Peppermint Patty. <laughs> when I bite into it, I'm on a mountaintop. It has been three months since I last bit <laughs> this York Peppermint Patty. I have nothing else to eat. <laughs> and every time I take a bite of it, it keeps putting me back on the mountain. <laughs> and then another guy bites it, and he just starts eating it. <laughs> so so you, you spoke about anger. Yeah. Is there anything that makes you angry? Any movie that you've seen that just, like, I'm angry? Um, I really can't think of one <laughs> off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure there is out there. Um, I would say, and, you know, I know we talk about this, we've talked about the MCU a whole lot, but mm-hmm. Endgame is probably the, that, that last scene where they all start coming back out. I already, and he finally just get, remembering it, I've got the chills. I know, <laughs> I know. It's like, you finally get, you know... Everyone walking out, and Captain America finally says, Avengers Assemble, mm-hmm. and they have everyone there. I didn't... <laughs> and I that amazing music starts playing. Yes. Ant-Man props out with the Hulk and Rocket. And, and then the like, movie theater. You th- you would have thought that was they scored the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yep. Because <laughs> everyone's... Yeah! Everyone cheered when screaming. Captain America picked up Thor's hammer. Oh, and God, then, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that when too. the portal started opening and everyone was like... Captain's like on your left. You're like, what? <laughs> what? Like, I, just remembering being in the theater opening night it just gave me goosebumps. Right yeah. <laughs> so many emotions going on right now. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, we get to see giant Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then Tony Stark dies. And then we're back and to now sad. We're back Thanks, to sad. Tony. Yeah. You're welcome. Both of them. Thank Marvel. Yeah, okay. thank, thank Marvel. you, Marvel. Fuck Kevin Feige. Damn John he didn't, he didn't want to renew his contract and go to hell. <laughs> and then you feel good that everybody says it's all right, but then, of course, then you go back to sadness with that end speech that he's giving to his daughter as a hologram. And then he says the immortal words, I, I love, love you 3,000. And then she asks for a cheeseburger. Yep. A cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crying. It's okay. We did this to ourselves. We decided to talk about emotional yeah, things, and now we're getting emotional. Well, Tony, did, the fucking robot over here isn't doing anything. We did say we, Gavin, wanted, like, we wanted to take the horny off the table, but I don't know. I think we're gonna put it back on the table. Yeah. Love the motion. What movie made you horny? Yeah. <laughs> Anything on Pornhub? <laughs> Black Widow? <laughs> yeah. And we're back to PG Oakley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like how you put that. Let's put Horny back on the table. <laughs> That's something you say like when you've been married for years and you, you want to spice things <laughs> yeah. up. And you're like, honey, we're going to put Horny back on the table. <laughs> Get up on that table. <laughs> I got a naughty nurse costume with your name on it. <laughs> I'm going to specifically tell my mom and sister not to listen to this episode. <laughs> Just minutes 19 through 21. There we yeah. go. <laughs> Skip the middle. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we'll go back to regular emotions. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think, because I know there have been movies that, well, easy for me, <clears throat> most reboots yeah, make you me hate. very angry. And... Uh, I think that is well documented in this. Hey, you docu- want to talk series. about emotion? Let's talk about it. <laughs> don't, don't censor me. <laughs> um, no, but there have been <clears throat> some movies where I think they've. I, I get to the end of them and I'm like, oh, one of the perfect ones. I know I'm going to upset probably a lot of people if a lot of people ever listen to this <laughs> is uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie made me angry because I, I've only watched the first one. And I sat there, and I sat there for hours and hours of nothing happening. You know there's five more movies. Right? Yeah, that's why I only made it to one. <laughs> because I sat there for three and a half hours, and I said, something exciting is going to happen. Or something interesting, something unique, something has to happen. The third movie. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and they sat in there in the little freaking rowboat, and he's like, I'm happy you're with me, Frodo. And he puts his little hand on his shoulder, and then it's credits roll. And I sat there in silence for about 10 minutes contemplating. Number one, and there was no like mid-credits, end-credits scenes. Nope. I'm like, something's got to happen. I waited through the credits. <laughs> Nothing. As soon as it was done, black screen after credits, I sat there in silence for 10 minutes and really recontemplated my life because I, for a moment, loathed myself <laughs> for sitting through that piece of garbage. Now, tell me, tell me this, <laughs> Mr. Robot. You How didn't you feel anything... During Sean Bean's last heroic stand, where he's trying to save the two hobbits. You ain't feel nothing. Was that in the first one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, I didn't feel anything because I was still dumbfounded he's, by all the other bullshit of nothing happening. He's fighting with four arrows in his chest. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> I know one man in particular I'm going to hear from because of that. <laughs> Good for him. So, I kind of agree with like Kevin Smith's theory on that because if you've ever watched... You know, clerks too. You'll Even fully the understand. Trees walked in those movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because everybody talks about. I've I've talked to a lot of people in the past, and they're like, I didn't watch Star Wars. It was kind of boring. And I said, first of all, shut your mouth. <laughs> um, secondly, those things are a triumph of cinema. <laughs> secondly, but there is at least exciting stuff that's going yeah. on in those movies, and there are some long drawn out parts in some of them. I'm not going to deny that. <clears throat> but there was exciting stuff that happened, and you have lightsabers. Nothing happened in Lord yeah. of the Rings. And space wizards. Space wizards. And, yeah. Duh. I mean, that's all I got to say about that. That's <laughs> My old that. supervisor from the before times, she's like, I've never seen Star Wars. I was like, why are you broken? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> why? Where's your soul? Oh, <laughs> strange. She's not talking. <laughs> But that's that's my anger moment. But real quick, going back to sad for a second, one I didn't think about earlier is Forrest Gump. Mm. That movie makes oh, me yeah. sad. Yeah, multiple scenes. It makes me sad that uh, Jenny keeps <laughs> using him 
Uh, like it pisses me off the way she treats him. Mm. Like that really just angry. That I don't feel sad. I feel anger when I watch that movie. Well, I didn't like Jenny treat him that way, but it was the whole scene of like then she dies. You know, the mom I was good at that point. I, I know you. Yeah, you feel like that, like Lord of the Rings, <laughs> like the dude with four arrows in his chest. That, that's your Jenny. That's, that's my Jenny in Lord of the Rings right there. Your Jenny. <laughs> but uh, no, but the scene where he's like at the grave. Mm. And he's talking. He starts getting choked up because he's telling her about the kid and everything. He's like, "He's so smart, Jenny." And he just starts crying and everything. And it's got some sad moments. It's in got there. some. Yeah, but he also ran for like the <laughs> second act of the movie. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> hey, he came up with the greatest slogan ever. So shit happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he came up with the smiley face. Uh, have a nice day. Emoji. Yeah. 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 With the have a nice day on it. <laughs> have a nice day. <laughs> I do like at the end when he puts his daughter on the bus to go to school, he just sits down like he's going to wait there all day for her to come back. I was like, yeah, oh. <laughs> you mean his son? Son, that's right. Who later saw dead people? Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> was that um, Haley Joe's office? <clears throat> yep. Oh, I, didn't know I think that. that was like one of his first roles, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Well, this kid was no older than like five, so it must have been oh, yeah. his first role. Yep. Yeah. Nice to yeah. meet you, Mr. Gump. I would, uh, I would go to a... Um, a very prideful scene that um, is uh, either you guys seen the Postman, mm-hmm. Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. I uh, I've seen like the first hour, I think. So it's like a it's the, in, like a post apocalyptic world, yeah. but to make sure he gets away without being killed, he's like, "I'm the new Postman. We are starting up the mail again." Right. So in the in the start of it, he gets recruited by <clears throat> this this um, clan called the Wholeness, and they're uh, they're like a military clan. They basically are governing what's left of the people of the U.S. There's no country, mm. no government anymore. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, so there's he, he starts, yeah, so he starts that the postman thing up basically to get food and have a place to sleep at night. And then it starts, it actually starts a movement. <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, as, oh man, I can't think of the actor's name. Who's the lead for the the clan? Um, the military it's been, troops. It's been a while since I've seen it. I can't remember his name, but anyway, so he, they start trying to track him down, and they go back to like the first town that he was he stayed at to try to push him out, so that the people won't you know stop supporting them, giving them supplies and everything. And um, and he's out there talking to the sheriff. Will Patton. Hmm? Will Patton. Will Patton. Yes, uh, that's right. So he pulls out. I think like 10 people from the town and he was going to execute them if the postman didn't show up. And he was actually there, but they, you know, the, the people that were with him didn't let him go down there to save them because mm. he knew that as soon as he went down there, they'd kill him anyway. But so like the sheriff of the town, the, uh, Will Patton is walking around. He's like, he's like, didn't have to come, come to the sheriff. He knew where he, where he could find me. He knew where I was going to be. He could have stopped this. And then he, leaves the line of people and starts yelling because he knows he's out there. The sheriff does. And he says, ride, postman. You hear me? I tell you to ride. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, you ride. And then they, you know, execute the 10 people. I'm like, yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe ride the other way? Yeah. <laughs> it should have been bobbing and weaving. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's another scene in there. Um, they end up making a statue of it at the end of the movie. Mm. It's a kid. And he's holding up his uh, his letter mm. for the postman. It's Kevin Costner actually on the on the horse doing the rounds, and uh, he goes past his house and he misses him the first time, but he you know sees him walk out, so he turns the the horse around and he gets ready, and the kid just holds his letter up and he rides by and grabs the letter and then he's off. Hmm. It's been I may have to go back and rewatch it. It's been a long time. Okay, when did that come out? Nineteen ninety one. I just looked it up. <clears throat> Yeah, so it's been... Wait, no, hold on. Maybe wrong. Oh, well, you're looking that up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 1997. One other one that I I think, for me, was more of like an emotional type movie is Dead Poets Society. Never seen it. That one's... No, it stars Robin Williams. Yep. That's about it. Yep. And it's it's very good. I mean, it's got... What was it? Is it Ethan Hawke, I believe, was in that? Wasn't he the youngest, the nervous kid? I may be wrong on the actor, but I'm... I thought it was uh, Matt Damon. No, that no. was the other 
Robin Williams movie. Oh yeah, Good uh, Will Hunting. That yes, my bad. yeah, my yeah, bad. that was Matt Damon. No, but my bad. <clears throat> Dead Poets Society when they all stand up at the desk at the very end of the movie is they're like, "Oh, Captain, my Captain," mm-hmm. and then they're all standing up and he because he get fired and everything, and he always told them, "All oh, that's what you call me." Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be called Mister Keating or anything. He said, "You know, if you ever want to address me, address me by oh, Captain, my Captain." It's a Walt Whitman mm-hmm. uh, thing from Walt Whitman as his poetry, <coughs> and so he's getting fired and. He's getting fired for the wrong reason. He basically is <clears throat> not not getting framed, but he's being the fall guy for one of the students kills themselves, and you know they all basically say sounds like a real chill movie. Oh, the teachers. <laughs> well, it's near the end, but he's teaching them. They're all in like this preparatory school, and he's their uh, poetry or literature teacher, and he gets them to basically like not in a crazy way like in community but the community guy like carpe diem you remember oh, that yeah. guy like you gotta seize, seize the, day. the day find something so but he's basically teaching them that those life lessons and it sounds like Mr. Holland's opus it's it's a little bit similar but it's not about music so mm. if you take a, a literature poetry version of it but he's basically just getting them to experience life and you know find their passions and the one main kid uh, one of the main kids in there uh, he wants to be an actor but his father won't let him and or he's highly against it, you know. Uh, he tells Suck on this dad, I'm in a movie right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he tells the teacher that you know his father said okay, so he lied to him, and he's like, so the teacher's like, oh, I think that's great, and he's helping him get into the play and everything. Well, the father ends up showing up at the play, and basically takes him out of the school, and he realizes he's never going to ever be able to do anything he wants in life. His father's got his whole life mapped out mm-hmm. for him because they're basically in the equivalent of like high school, so getting ready for college, and. He so depressed from his father and his life, he shoots himself with his father's gun. And so basically the teachers Super at the school... Movie. Yeah, well, no, most of it is, but they all the teachers at the school are basically trying to have this kid say that you all signed this saying that, you know, Mr. Keaton influenced him to do this, to bring him to this point. And some of them sign it, or they basically all have to sign or they're going to be expelled. So all the parents get involved because they're all paying for it. So they're like, sign the paper. So all the kids are forcibly sign this paper. And so he comes in in one of the classes, and they're not supposed to talk to him, and he's just getting his last few things, um, you know, Robin Williams' character. And as he's leaving, the one kid who was always the nervous wreck throughout the movie, he's like, we didn't, ma- I, you know, if they made a sign, and he starts, like, almost crying. He's like, no, you got to understand, yeah, they didn't, you know, they made a sign and stuff, we didn't do it. And he's, you know, Michael, or, um, Robin Williams' character, he's basically saying, I understand, it's okay. And the teacher he was basically the headmaster, I think. He was stepping in to fill in until they got a new teacher. He's like, you need to leave. You need to sit down, sit down, sit down. And so he's going to leave, and that kid stands up on his desk and says, oh, Captain, my Captain. Because it was a lesson earlier in the, in the movie that to stand up on the desk to see life from a different perspective. And headmaster's yelling at him to, to sit down, and all the one by one, all the kids stand up on their desk, and they look at him, and they're like, oh, Captain, my Captain. And then the whole ending scene is just a pan out, and you see all the kids just standing there staring at him. Like, mm. basically their way of saying, you know, fuck this place, you know, <clears throat> you taught us a lot, and thank mm. you very much. And that's the ending of the movie, is Robin Williams just saying, thank you, boys, thank you. And then he walks out. Oh. <clears throat> wow. Spoiler alert, but Dead Post Society yeah. did come out in, like, the late 80s, so... We're spoiling a lot of movies today. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> but scenes like gonna, that... We're going to rename the podcast the Spoiler. <laughs> the spo- yeah. Spoiler, spoiler Rotten. That's what we are going to call Spoiled it. Rotten. It's <laughs> our new name. Now, I know this is an emotional movie because people tell me all the time, but I haven't seen it, so I'm hoping one of you two have and you can tell me why. Marley and Me. Oh, yeah. Oof. That's the reaction I was Oof. hoping for. Why is it a sad movie? Because the whole time you're going through it, you're like, this this dog is you know just wrecking the house there, <laughs> constantly giving him hell, and then at the end of it, it's like everything. It was the dog that actually held them together through like all the tough times. Like he was the one there for like the kids had their story, and then. The parents had their Well, the story. kids even being born. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, being them, born. them getting married. At, mm-hmm. Well, maybe they were already married, but them finding their house and right. having the kids and everything, like the dog was throughout the life with them. Exactly. And then, <coughs> so you, you kind of like, it's kind of like Beethoven at the start where, you know, he, he comes in and mm. does a lot of uh, like house wrecking. <laughs> <laughs> and some of it's funny and, and then starts getting a little more serious. and like, oh, huh. I thought this was a comedy. This is freaking old Yeller again. Damn. <laughs> Except they just don't have to put him. Yeah. They didn't have to put him down. But 
But the thing is, the scene to it is at the end of it because it's it's Owen Wilson. Yeah, and I think it was was Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. yeah. And so you know he's getting sick and he's basically dying, and Owen Wilson has to take him. He's going to take him to to the vet to be put down, and he stays there with him yeah. with the dog, and he's basically just petting the dog, and <clears throat> the thing tells him he loves him or something yeah. like that, and uh, but yeah, he's wait there petting him as the dog dies. Wow. Uh, now and I'm so, super sad. <clears throat> yeah, thanks. I asked the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, real quick, can we give a quick uh, shout out to Up and the first ten minutes of that oh movie? Oh my <laughs> lord! <laughs> Becky hates that movie now <laughs> because we start watching it. And she's like, "Oh, this is a, this is a funny movie, right? It's the one with the kid, the guy." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And then we start watching it. And she turns around like through the first ten minutes. She said, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> 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 the saddest Pixar movie of all time is that first ten minutes. It's Thanks, like Pixar. you fall in love with like the you know the kid, and the little girl, and like he gets the badge, the Ellie badge, and then oh man, it's just yeah. I do like it. Like minute eleven though, he pops out the balloons of his house, and you can see him basically. On, if it wasn't a Pixar movie, the old guy would be giving the finger to like everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think. Uh, so, no, I think that's those were some of the ones for me. But, um, yeah, I think, I mean, there's been a bunch of movies that have annoyed me, mm-hmm. uh, mainly, like I said, the reboot ones. But yeah. there have been some other movies where, like, at the end of it, I'm like, why did I waste my time with this? Or, or like, you think it's going to be a good plot twist or swing ending, and it's just shit. <clears throat> you know, so there's movies like that. But I'm trying to think of specifically one that really, really angered me, I minus have, Lord of the Rings. I have one. The Rise of the Skywalker. Okay. The, yeah. The number the last n- one? number nine of the yeah of the series mm-hmm. the the third the dumbest freaking writing ever. Like, oh, we're gonna bring the emperor back. Cool. Got it. All right. <laughs> fine. Didn't uh, he die oh, in a big tube? And then oh wait, well <coughs> we're we're gonna we're, he's all of a sudden just gonna have uh an, an infinite amount of star destroyers. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, and by the way, all of them are going to have planet-killing weapons. What the hell? <laughs> also, he had a family that they didn't tell about, and, and, yeah, and she's and then the all granddaughter. Of a sudden, all of a sudden, he had a family. Yeah. Okay. And then, at the whole time, he's Ray's got to kill him to take over. You so know, he his, can absorb so, her power. Exactly. And so that she can be the the Empress. And, oh, yeah, you got to kill me. If not, I'm going to kill you. Wait. No, wait. I don't have to kill you. I can just suck the life right out of you. And then all of a sudden I can shoot lightning that just disables every single fighter for the next hundred miles. Like, what the hell? He's got good distance, man. I mean, you just, they're just like, well, let's throw throw big money at it and we're going to have everything like, wow. And it was all shit. (laughs) They're like, this is a bad movie. How are we going to grow an audience? We're going to call it Skywalker because everyone remembers Luke and we love him. Now the buildup of it, like the one, the one scene where Ray <laughs> takes down the uh, the Tie Fighter that Kylo's in, mm. that was awesome. There is parts of it that are good, but also like in it, she ends up learning how to heal, yeah, which was what Anakin was trying to do in the prequels. So all he had to do was fly to that planet and read those damn books. Yeah, <laughs> he could have done it. Like, well, they didn't know where that planet was. Though, it was. Touche. <laughs> I did like the scene in the movie where, like, Kylo Ren needs a lightsaber, and she, like, gives him to him behind her back, and mm-hmm. he pulls one out, and he kills all the Knights of Ren. Like, I thought that, <laughs> he does the shrug. <laughs> this <laughs> is <laughs> happening. <laughs> I hated the fact that they kissed at the end of the movie. Like, that love or that emotional connection just wasn't there until that exact moment, and I just thought it, it felt really forced, and that bothered me. Well, and the other thing, too, and I can't remember... Because I wasn't the biggest fan of the the newest ones, mm-hmm. or even the prequels. Really, the originals will be my favorite. But um, a couple things I didn't like, not just about that one, but some of the others, is with the whole Leia story. Because you in, know that yeah, one thing where she could like in, in, in the, the second in the, movie, yeah, where she could like you know breathe in space right. and fly. Yeah. As long as you um, don't, as long as you hold your breath, you can actually survive in space for like thirty seconds. Yeah, but it was longer than thirty seconds, and she well, was she's just a, she's a Jedi. She was just straight up just floating in there. And she well, had her she mouth used open. force pull on the ship, yeah. and she it pulled her instead of the ship pulling. And that's great. We'll go with that. Um, so <laughs> the movie I saw what happened in the movie, but and then the whole thing like you know then she had her lightsaber and stuff, and I'm like, when the hell did Leia train? It's like right. they just kind of threw that in there. Now well, they mentioned that in the first one episode one two three four five one two three four five six seven in episode seven. 
trying to get these damn movies. Well, no, I know they mentioned it earlier. I'm saying yeah, it's they, like they were just they throwing mention, it in there. They don't actually mention her training until nine. Because really? I thought they mentioned it a lot earlier. Than Luke that. is is the one, uh, or excuse me, not nine, but uh, um, eight mm. when he's talking about um, giving the uh, the saber to Ray. <clears throat> and like her training and what was going to happen and blah blah blah. He was talking about when he was training with Leia mm-hmm. after, and she had a vision. Mm-hmm. But it's just like they just throw all that stuff in there. Yeah, just like let's just put filler in here. Like haven't talked about Leia in a while, well, so let's just yeah, throw they this got, in. There. Uh, they got bought out by Disney, and Disney just threw money in it. Pretty yep. much. <laughs> they are the Microsoft of the animation <laughs> or the movie business. <laughs> you just throw money at the problem. <laughs> well, uh, going back to the. To the prideful moments, um, I will say my favorite speech out of any movie ever would have to be... Bill Pullman from Independence Day? Nope. Nope. Even, uh, well, you're clearly wrong. Even better than that. <laughs> well, we get Al Pacino, Son of a Woman. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Ooh, uh, yeah. At the very end when he's given his speech to the to the prep uh, school, mm-hmm. and he's uh, the guy's like, I think you're done. I'm not finished. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just getting warmed up. Yep. And he's talking about the other kids out there that aren't even on trial. He's like, and Larry, Charlie, Johnny, wherever the hell you are out there, fuck you too. Yep. <laughs> it's like the one thing I remember from that moment. <laughs> that nua. <laughs> I got to, I um, I did a, there was an elective in, in high school and it was a drama class. <laughs> and we had to do a report on, on speech. And I actually got to present that scene. And, mm-hmm. and the teacher was like, we're all adults here. I want to let you know I'm allowing this because of, you know, how high of stature that, you know, I believe this is as well for, for movie scenes. So I kind of give, give them the description of leading up to what the scene mm-hmm. was. And then uh, we got to that on the VHS and <laughs> she played it. <laughs> but yeah, I got to play a movie that said the F word in school. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream right there. <laughs> yes, it is. And I was just sitting back. I was waiting for it. Oh, there's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> What about you? Oh. So you've, well, you were saying Independence Day. Well, um, the speech Bill Pullman gives when they're about to go into that last fight on Independence Day, mm-hmm. that's just, that makes me want to get into a jet fighter and go fly, beat some aliens. Like, he, that is an inspiring speech. Well, like, McDill Air Force Base right over there. Yeah. Man. I'm yeah. pretty sure they won't let me on that Air Force uh, Base. No, I think we can, you know. He starts can... playing the Bill Pullman speech. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. you know what, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> Sir, here's the keys. Yeah. I'm going to go fight some aliens. You do it. Wait, what aliens? You go, buddy. Yeah. Some random military guy walks in and like, there's aliens? He knows there's no aliens. Just let him go. Just let him go. He doesn't, know how, he doesn't know how to turn it on. Yeah. Was gonna say, oh, shit, he does. <laughs> I, start taking, I start going down the runway in an F-14, yeah. like, right. oh, shit. <laughs> oh, it'd be great to see Patrick getting pissed. He's trying to get through. He's like, no, I'm going to fly that fighter airplane because I just watched Independence Day. Yeah. That speech is amazing. And he's like, wait, can someone show me how to fly this thing? <laughs> yeah. Now, how do you turn this damn yeah. thing on? <laughs> Give me one of those flight simulators from Battlefield Earth. I'll yeah, learn yeah. real quick. <laughs> Probably the only good thing out of that movie. Yeah. God, that was a terrible movie. It really was pretty bad. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's been a few. I'm trying to pinpoint when you guys can talk as well. I'm just trying to pinpoint what a like good motivational well, um, speech there was that I can think of. No. But go ahead. Well, I was going to say, there's a movie that always brings me joy when I watch it. And that's an emotion, right? Yeah. The Princess Bride. I'm oh, yeah, who doesn't genuinely happy when I watch that movie. <laughs> the rats of unimaginable size. Um... Um, as you wish, like all of it, I love it. The movie is fantastic. I would like to tell you, I am not lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> my ne- my grandnephew, so my nephew's um, son, he was born with um, six fingers on both hands, and they're like, "Yeah, when he gets older, we're gonna have surgery, and we're gonna remove him." I was like, "Just leave one on the left hand." <laughs> And then I'm going to make him watch the movie. And I was like, you killed his father. <laughs> I'm Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> no, they're going to have it removed. Like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. The left hand is just keep it on the left hand. Have it removed? What is wrong with you? Right? Well, he had six fingers on each hand and he had six toes on each foot. They, had, they took off the toes almost immediately. He could be the greatest guitarist ever. <laughs> Or the, or the I, greatest pianist I, ever. I think they're decorative. I don't think they've worked that well. <laughs> oh, they're decorative. <laughs> decorative <laughs> phalanges. Oh my god, there's no muscle in there. There's no tendons. It's just, it's just a bone and a knuckle. That's all it is. 
Wow. <laughs> See, as goofy as it sounds, a movie when I can just sit there and just smile that I consider to be goddamn delightful mm. is a brave little toaster. I can watch that fucking movie all day long. <laughs> I mean, it is a good movie. Oh, I'll tell you, I didn't forgot about this. So, uplifting speech moment. I wouldn't say maybe so much a speech, but uplifting moments in a movie mm-hmm. is uh, in Miracle. Yep. When he's making all... The baseball movie, right? No. Oh, the hockey movie. It's, oh. it's when we... America beat in the 80s, the, the Russians. Oh, Kurt Russell starts that, right? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. But he's doing that scene where... He's making them skate after they lose the game, and he's always because they're all from different. You know, it's like like an all star league, basically team. But before they started all stars, and they have all the kids from different colleges, and and he's like, always like, who do you who do you play for? And they, you know, I play for I remember you know, that, Michigan yeah. State. You know, and he makes them go back and forth, back and forth. Who do you play for? And there's one scene where finally one kid says, you know, I play for the United States of America. And he's like, all right, that'll be all then, gentlemen. And there's something about those things that's like really uplifting. Like you, you got the point across, yeah, without having to say a lot. So that's kind of what gets me. Like, I remember you telling me about that, yeah, about that scene. It it's was a, pretty cool. That's how good it is. I'm saying it again. <laughs> that that reminds me of, um, I want to say it was Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. I think it was the show, though, not the uh, movie. Um, <clears throat> but the, yeah, but this is a movie podcast. We can't talk about television shows outside of Family Guy or Orville or Star Trek. Anything that we've previously done. <laughs> but so he's, uh, they, they just lost, you know, a big game. <clears throat> and he's talking to his star player. And he's trying to get him to trust him. And like he's saying, like, you know, when you if you quit, all these other guys out here are gonna quit. He's like, I want you to carry this guy over here uh, to. Um, he says, how how far do you think you can carry him doing the crab walk on your back? He says, I don't know, coach. Maybe like the twenty. He's like, I think you can go all the way to the fifties. I don't know if I can go that far. Well, let's try it. And he's blindfolds him, and he's like, co- he's yelling in his ear the whole time. He's like, everything you got, don't quit on me. Don't quit on me. Keep walking. Everything you've got. And he keeps he keeps going across the field, and he's going and he's going. He finally reaches the other end zone, and and he's like he's about like his arms are giving out, and he's he's like it's got to be the fifty right here. He says, "Go ahead and let you uh, you can go ahead and drop down now," and he says, "Take your blindfold fold off. You just went to from end zone to end zone." Hmm. And he was like he was trying to teach him, you know, you you set these limits to yourself. But you can go much farther than that. Yep. When you don't, when you don't let that limit be where you need to stop, you can go way, way past that. And that's what he was trying to, trying to teach with him. And um, so the guy, he said, like, "You just carried this guy who weighs 110 pounds across your across the field on your back." And the guy's like, "Coach, I weigh 150." <laughs> <laughs> well, I think another. I've mentioned this movie many times before. An uplifting moment is Rudy. Rudy's got a lot yeah. of uplifting moments. They literally <clears throat> uplift him at the end. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's how <laughs> like uplifting the movie was. Yeah. He got they lifted. pick him up. <laughs> yeah, he lifted him up. <laughs> but I mean, there's a no. Uh, was, continue. Oh no, I was just gonna say, you know, there's there's a lot of moments. That I I wish I could. I know off the top of my head, I'm not gonna remember them all, but. Um, and I will not remember what the speech is that he gives him, but there is a good moment in Legend of Bagger Vance when he's talking to him about, you know, Mr. Will Smith. Yeah, he's talking, mm-hmm. you know, telling telling him what what he needs to do, or basically about like, you know, just not being. Don't be so aware of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, focus on what you want. Yeah, like, like not what the goal is. Kind of like that. Like it's like a limitation. Right. Like, don't see what the obstacles are. Just see the path mm-hmm. where you need to be. Um, and I wish I could remember that speech, but it's a long one. Yeah. I think it goes on for like three or four minutes because he's basically just walking him through every step of, because he like got in the rough or something. He's mm-hmm. like in the woods and doesn't think he's going to get out of there. And... I think I've seen half the movie, so I don't know it. It was like the serious version of Happy Gilmore's speech. Like when he's in the woods, go to your yeah. happy place. <laughs> the serious version of Happy Gilmore. Yeah. It's basically any golf movie. <laughs> Yeah. Like, Tin yeah. Cup is the serious version of Happy Gilmore. Yeah, but then he played with gardening. But I'm I was going to say, that's a lot more... Cu- that's more along the lines of, of Happy Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about that particular scene, though, because he's... It's the same thing. He's, like, in the woods. He doesn't know what he's going to do, and he's got chubs giving him... What's this I hear woods? about you breaking a rake? Uh, well, uh, I was actually testing its durability, and <laughs> because it was made of wood, I left it in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> if we want to talk about ironic 
supposed to be uplifting speeches or, or good speeches that turned out sour is Billy Madison about oh. the puppy that oh. lost oh, his yeah. way. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Going the, Everyone the is now dumber from hearing that. You, you get zero points awarded and may God have mercy on your soul. The puppy was a dog, but the industry, my friends, that was revolution. Nearby football rules! She <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so gets this moment, even though it's a stupid movie, and then it just drops right back down. It's like... <laughs> At no point during your rambling, incoherent babble did you reach anything that approached a rational thought. <laughs> I award you no points. May God have mercy on your soul. A simple no would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best part of that movie. Like, yeah, the rest exactly. of the movie I hate, but that the, the, the trivia, you know, the catalog at the end is hilarious. But, too, another one is uh, that's, like, funny. It's, it's not supposed to be serious or uplifting, but they're uplifting in, in to the characters is an animal house when John Belushi's character is like it's not over till it's over he's like oh, did, yeah. did the Germans give up when they bombed Pearl Harbor and they're like Germans, Germans? like just let them go he's, <laughs> going yeah, he's, he's riffing <laughs> <laughs> he's like just, did this happen when this happened we're not gonna give up either let's go <laughs> when the going gets tough and like no one says anything the tough get going <laughs> <laughs> let's go yeah. go go <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a speech, but um, in old school, um, where they had to like prove that they're a frat, so they had to do like all the activities. There's a scene where Vince Vaughn is on the rings, but he's got a, cig- a lit oh, yeah. cigarette coming out of his mouth. I was like, well, if he can do that smoking, as a smoker, I can do what a guy want. <laughs> I started running 5Ks after that. <laughs> Worst fucking decision of my entire life. <laughs> Movie's bullshit, man. <laughs> Fuck you, Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, I had a guy ask me, uh, approach me one time at work to... It's a little off subject, but on lines of running, he said, "Hey, you want to go uh, be part of the group to run a marathon? You know, Franklin will pay for it, and you know the company I was with." And uh, I was like, <laughs> "No, I don't want to do something where the first participant died." <laughs> Not gonna lie, I do like running my five Ks, but my my sister and my friends are all into running. And they're like, you going to do the 10K or the half, uh, half marathon with us? Absolutely not. I'm going to run 3.3 miles, and then I'm going to have a beer when I'm done. At 9 o'clock in the morning. Thank you for asking, yeah. but I'm done. <laughs> oh, you guys still running? He's like in there feeding pasta. Yeah. <laughs> How's that running going? Looking a little slag there, Bill. I would want to do the, uh, the 5K for Disney, though. The, they have a Star Wars one. Yep. So you dress up. Your... My sister did the full marathon um, about a month ago. Hmm. 26.2 miles. Yeah. I mean, good for her. Like, I was exactly. tired just watching her Snapchat. Like, she was running through Sleeping Beauty, uh, Cinderella's Castle and she was Snapchatting while she was running the marathon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, good for you. I, it's like 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting in my underwear in my living room watching cartoons and eating breakfast. By the way, I'm 36. That happened like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the guys on my previous job, uh, when I would travel, I was out. He was, he was in his late 40s early 50s and every year for the past 15 years he would do that 120 mile race yeah yeah straight through it too by the way just 120 miles <sighs> and he did it on it was like a saturday through a sunday because they started you know early in the morning but usually most people get done like sunday morning or whatever they're done <clears throat> he came to work Monday. I'm like, how you feeling? He's like, oh, I'm a little tired. He's like, I mowed the lawn though yesterday after work. I'm like, you mowed the lawn after running 120 miles all day Saturday and part of the day Sunday? He's like, well, it ain't going to mow itself. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> what the? <laughs> yeah. what every like? year. Every year he did that. Wow. I don't know if he still does it, but I was like, are you running your 120? Because I saw him the year later because I did the traveling for six years. So. I'd end up running into him on a job, so you and your races. Like here, literally yeah. running into him? No, no. <laughs> if I was running into him, it was he ran into me because I was standing in his way. <laughs> but yeah, could you imagine that? That's a guy. Only mile race. That, that his Apple Watch must say, "Sit down." <laughs> it is time for you to sit down. Like he could literally, after that, just sit down and eat probably ten pizzas and eat whatever he wants, and he would probably still lose weight wow. rapidly. Well, after 120 miles, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, you basically burn the equivalent of what uh, we burn in about a month and a half. I don't yeah. drive 120 miles <clears throat> in my car. Right. <laughs> basically get to Disney and back, yeah. and, and then back to Disney back to again. Disney. <laughs> I'll meet you guys there. Yeah. Are you seriously running to Disney? <laughs> hey, it beats traffic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I'm malfunction junction. So you guys suck. <laughs> Might get there about the same time if you're yeah, driving. Yeah, exactly. See you, losers. <laughs> but, uh, so. <laughs> so off that topic. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we talked about Forrest Gump. We had to talk about uh, running well, for a yeah. minute. True. Everywhere he went, he was running. But there are a lot of movies with a lot of emotions out there. and uh, Or that provoke a lot of emotions, yeah. I should say. And even ones that, like, aren't meant to provoke emotions somehow still do. I'm, I've said it a few times, and I know this scene was meant to provoke an emotion, but I cry every time at the end of Armageddon when um, Bruce Willis um, grabs Ben Affleck and, like, destroys his tank and throws him back into the ship. He's like, you have to go take care of her now. And then he mm-hmm. did, and it's like, there's a tear running down my face every time. Why, Bruce? Why? You son of a bitch. <laughs> It's then he had to wait to get the fuse. Jeez. Right. Yeah, I know. It's like, hey, talk about bringing it down to the wire there, bud. Hello. <laughs> so, but, uh, no, I think there there are a lot. But, again, too, to that point, like, sometimes not meant to provoke, or maybe it wasn't intentional to provoke an emotion, but, you know, everybody's got their own stuff going on. So if there's a, a movie with a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a husband and wife yeah. breakup, or you know, a kid gets into an accident or something, or so you lose a family member <laughs> and you go watch Coco. Yep, yep. Which I've and, only seen like the first half. Like I haven't <clears> seen the whole movie, but I was like halfway through. I was like, wow, this is nope. No, put this off until later. <laughs> I knew that was going to be a, a tearjerker. It's just funny though when you if you're with like friends or something, and you're watching something, and somebody starts getting a little tear. You're like, ah, oh, somebody's got something going on. <laughs> somebody's got Oh, dude, that for, um, again, going back to uh, Avengers Endgame, you know, that was, we ended up watching it, I don't know why we did, but we, uh, I think it was because it was the only theater open, but we watched it in 3D. Mm. <clears throat> and so you could, <laughs> when Tony dies and, you know, um, his, his wife comes over and she's like, you know, it's okay, you can rest now. It's like, the whole theater was... Yep. <laughs> like, oh, and you could just see everybody taking their glasses off the Bible because they got tears and shit on them. <laughs> well, what about when a Black Widow dies? When Hawkeye has to let go of her and she's like, it's okay. It was she's like, it, it was meant to be just as sad, but it didn't hit me as much as Tony did. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not saying it, it hit as hard, but I'm saying that because, that whole scene, he's like, he's holding on. And she's like, no, it's yeah. okay. Right. You can let me go. I got to die now. Like, all right, cool. But he looks. But. Tony looks See. over at over at Doctor Strange and he just holds up the finger. The, not the middle one, but yeah. <laughs> fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> the emotional roller coaster we've been on in this past hour has left me just drained. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing that we are out of time then because now you can reclaim, get like your I energy back. Physically and... drained. <laughs> <laughs> I've got emotions. Yeah. And I just need to talk. Keep I'm, I'm a up person. <laughs> Why am I feeling feelings? This is awful. <laughs> That's, uh, before we sign up, but since you said about the emotion thing about Armageddon, mm. when they're doing all the mental tests on everybody and Bear, mm. uh, Michael Clark, what was his name? Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, mm. and he's sitting there, he starts crying. He's like, I just I feel a little emotional. Right? He's like, can I just get a hug? <laughs> <laughs> but, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this week. And... Quick announcement, that is going to be it for Season 1 of Movie Talks and Chill for for now. We will be back in one month. Yeah, um, around we'll mid-March. Yep, so we're going to take this time to uh, kind of revamp a couple things, get a lot of exciting things coming up, <clears throat> get our website ready to be launched, and a few other things, so we'll be announcing we'll be legally that. Legally bound friends. Yes, yes, <laughs> papers will be signed, blood will be drawn. Peppers, please. Yeah, peppers, peppers. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to take this time for the next couple weeks to get all our ducks in a row and then get some good new material for you guys for next season. So, until four weeks from now, this is Movie Talks and Chill, and we are your hosts. I'm Tony Serrato. I'm Gavin Butts. <laughs> Patrick Wall. Until next time, season two, take care. Don't forget, guys, you can visit us at our website, movietalksandchill.com. Email us at talktous at movietalksandchill.com or find us on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can also follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Movie Talks and Chill. You can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, coming soon to Apple Podcasts, CastBox, and Overcast. New episodes available every Wednesday. Talk to you then.
theme music for our podcast was composed, arranged, and performed by Paul the Rock. <laughs>